0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. Today, I have a special guest on and it is super, super interesting topic. Her name is Dr. Jen Harrison and she is a highly experienced dissertation coach. How cool is that? She offers deep level support and self-care to these students. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset, and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the Soul Align Self-Care Podcast. How are you today? Great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, Could you just tell us exactly, you know, what you do? Sure. So I am the CEO of Read Write Perfect LLC.
1: And what we do is support dissertation students. So anybody who is in grad school and um, attempting to complete a large project or any kind of academic work. And I provide um, one-on-one attention and support that they need to get their dissertations done.
0: That's very unique. I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that. And I think it's really cool and very important. So tell me some of the kind of stuff that you run into with these people.
1: Sure, so um, dissertation students, tend to run into four main challenges when they are completing their dissertations. Um, The first one is lack of support, and this can lead to imposter syndrome, which I know everybody's hearing a lot about at the minute. It's kind of a buzzword, but um, the institutions themselves will often take on students with the assumption that the students know what they're doing. They know what a grad program looks like. They know what a dissertation looks like and they know how to complete everything they're supposed to. And because they make that assumption about the students, they don't necessarily provide all of the instructions and all of the support that a student might need to get done, even though there's nothing really in previous education that prepares you for something like a dissertation. So these students kind of go into their programs and they don't really have the support they need. They don't really know what they're supposed to be doing or how they're supposed to be doing it. So that's kind of the first problem is lack of support. Mm The second thing is kind of a lack of practical skills, so a lot of the students are very highly driven, um, but they haven't necessarily been taught these very dissertation specific skills, such as writing a lit review or assessing a source or finding a research gap. Um, So they end up feeling like everybody else on the program must know what they're doing, and they don't necessarily ask the questions that they need to ask to get the, the skills that they need to actually do the work yeah that kind of leads to the next problem which is burnout and that's usually the point at which students come and find me because they realize they're overwhelmed they don't know (laughs) what they're doing they're fed up they sometimes they're even kind of depressed or anxious and um they realize if they don't get some help they're going to end up dropping out of their programs because they just can't take the strain anymore so um I see that having impacts on mental health for people it has impacts on their career motivation I've actually seen students who have had their physical health impacted by the stress of this situation and Absolutely. Then obviously their um, ability to complete. And another big one that they don't necessarily think about is the finances, because when you're kind of dragging your heels in one of these programs, you end up paying semester by semester. And, um, you know, it, it can be a real financial burden as well. Yeah. And then last problem i see is that they have um unrealistic expectations so these programs obviously they want to get students into them and they don't necessarily tell them how hard the work is going to be how much time it's going to take you know they make it sound like it's going to be a walk in the park you'll do this number of semesters you'll do this each semester then you'll be done and you'll have a degree and woohoo everything will be great but um the students don't realize just how much time and energy one of these is going to take you know that you know i've had people come to me and say oh you know my deadline is December, but I'm really thinking I can get my lit review done in the next week, not realizing that a typical lit review can take two, three months to research. So um, they kind of lack that knowledge up front that would help them know what they're getting into when they get into one of these programs. So those are kind of the four things I really see students struggling with.
0: That's, uh, that's very interesting that, um, well, I think, it sounds like you have a really good niche it's like a really good spot because there's obviously like a huge missing piece from the university of not really um kind of educating what these I say kids I'm sure there's plenty of adults are like moving into you know and yes. what to expect and what kind of what 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 is needed of them so they go into they're going into it blindly which can be like really scary. And so I like the, obviously the reason I had you on the podcast was because, because I believe that you're providing them with some type of self-care to help them with the stress that's, that comes up. So what, what kind of things do you see as far as with the stress and then what kind of things do you offer them?
1: Sure. So I teach a number of different strategies to the students that come to me. Um, some of them are focused on self-care and some of them are focused on just kind of managing the stress and the workload so that self-care is almost less needed (laughs) so Mm -hmm. there's kind of preventative self-care remedial self-care as it were um but i can walk you through some of the things that i suggest to them so first of all um and this is probably the most important thing that when every student comes to me i tell them not to compare themselves to other phd students because i think that is where the biggest impact on well-being comes from for these students, that, that very competitive environment they find themselves in.
0: Yeah. Every
1: PhD is different, every student is different, every supervisor is different, every topic is different, so there's no way anything good can come of comparing your progress and your um, material to another student's, and I would say to them, just compare yourself to yourself, measure your progress against what you had last week, you know, that that's how you know if you're making progress, not compared to somebody else. mm mm-hmm. um, So there's a lot of um, need to hear that you are good enough and you are worthwhile enough to be in this program. And then I think like there's a lot of things that once you have that mindset, um, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of keep that mindset and keep it going and um, make sure that it's present every day. So the first of those is um, what I call affirmative behaviors. So Mm -hmm. things like journaling about your successes or your progress every single day um if you're not kind of a writing person i suggest that they do affirmations like telling themselves every day this is what i've achieved and this is why i'm worth it yeah
0: um,
1: chatting with supportive friends and mentors but again doing it every single day and really focusing on the positives so um obviously that's a lot of what i do with my clients is when they're seeing me every week I, i'm telling them what they're getting right and you know really making them focus on the the positive. Yeah. Um, and then another big part of it is that I really encourage them to break out of that imposter syndrome, everybody else knows what they're doing mindset, and normalizing seeking help. So mm-hmm. um, whether that is help with the skills, you know, getting A tutor who can teach them a specific skill or working with a statistician who can help them understand some of the difficult concepts or, you know, working with an editor who can tidy up their language. But it might also be things like asking a friend to do the laundry or to pick up a coffee or to cook dinner or to watch the kids. So um, make, you know, helping them to not feel guilty about doing that. I think that's a really important part, not just for dissertation students, but, you know, for anybody who is in a high pressure situation. Mm -hmm. um, that load on your well-being when you've got somebody else there who's got your back I think is it's so important
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: um, I, and then probably the ahead. last thing is to um again not just for dissertation students who are in these big projects but for anybody who's in one of these very high pressure situations it's really hard to keep your eye on the fact that it isn't your whole life that there are things beyond that situation that make you who you are and so I, I say to people, goal map for your life, not just for your PhD. Don't mm-hmm. you know? You need to know what you want out of your whole life and your whole career. You know, the next ten years, not just the next week or the yeah. next part of the program. And if you can remind yourself of that every single day, then some of the pressure is going to be lifted off of your shoulders. If you don't make that deadline, or if you haven't quite finished everything you wanted to finish.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I like a lot of the points that you brought up are the same things that I use in my business. Like, I call it comparinitis, you know, when they start comparing themselves to other people. And, and I always say there's no comparison, because each person is so unique, each situation is so unique. So there's no point in comparing you yourself against someone that is completely different than yourself. you know? And so that's very important. And yeah, as far as like, um, I always tell a lot of my clients to make like a not to do list because it's like, they have all these things they have to do, do, do. And I always say, practice the three D's. What can you ditch? What can you delegate? And then what do you have to do? Right. And so what you talked about delegation, you know, like having someone do your laundry and maybe, getting takeout or like having someone meal prep for you or, you know, like all those, there's so many small things that you could do that can really protect your energy and your time, you know? And I think that's really, really important. So how, how does it work? Like how long do you usually work with these people?
1: It really depends. So it depends on what point they've um, gotten to before they come to me. Some of them will come to me right at the end where they've gotten such a mess that they just really need that help to straighten out and get done by their deadline. So I've had people come to me like, I've got to finish in two weeks, or I've got to finish in a month, and I'm, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, and obviously, that's very high pressure for them and for me. Mm-hmm. Then I also have students who, you know, right at the start, start a program and think, I'm not happy with the support I'm getting, let me reach for something else, and they will work with me all the way through their programs. So, yeah all different lengths of time you know I've had students stick with me
0: for years and I've had students that I've literally worked with for two three weeks and been done so just to clarify most of the work that you're doing is really from a supportive role you're not really working with the actually work with the actual work that they're doing right
1: Oh yes, no, I do. Um, I just don't think that's the most important thing I do. Okay. So I, <laughs> I do. I'm an am an expert in um academic writing and research as well. So what may okay. come to me, I can give them that tuition in how to write a lit review or what goes into a research gap or a problem statement. And so they have that as well for me. And I also edit for clients who want that. Um, but I have found that, yes, that's valuable and it's good. And it's probably the thing that attracts them to me in the first place. But the bulk of the work we end up doing tends to be on mindset Mm -hmm. and the ways that they work, helping them to recognize things like um, their learning style and how that impacts the progress they make and their motivation. And like you said, their energy, how Mm -hmm. that really feeds into, you know, sometimes a, a really important lesson and it comes up with every single student is working faster doesn't mean getting done faster. Mm-hmm. Working more doesn't mean getting done faster, but sometimes you have to slow down to make progress.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely true at on in any, any place in your life. Slow down to make more gains. You know, when, when you slow down and you rest and you take the time to do that, then you can show up as a better version of yourself always, you know, and get more, better quality work done, probably faster. Yeah. 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 So, Um, A good question, I guess, to ask you would be um, if there's someone who can't, they can't hire the person, you know, like say they can't do that, that might not be something that's feasible for them. What would be like maybe a couple of suggestions that you would give to them that they could use to try to get themselves organized? What do you think are the most important things? Well, I think
1: top of that list is your community or network. And so um, it's great if you can hire somebody, but even if you can hire someone and definitely if you can't find the communities of people who are struggling with the same things you are because you'll hear your own worries um validated there and you'll you won't have that feeling of imposter syndrome but then also people will share their own strategies and give you different viewpoints and kind of help you get outside of yourself so um there are loads of dissertation and phd and research groups on facebook there's the um academic chatter and academic um, twitter groups on twitter or x i suppose it's called now yeah. um, and there, you know most institutions also have you know cohorts will create their own groups and if your cohort hasn't done that you could create one reach out to the other students say would you like a study group would you like a chat group so if, you know whatever way you can find to have a community join a community um, to hear other people with the same struggles and the same triumphs that you are you know celebrate each other and help each other that i think is the top piece of advice and then the other is like you know with within your family as well your family your friends they can be your support even if you can't hire someone to help you with that
0: yeah I think that's really smart especially if you can get into a community of people that are doing something that's very similar to what you're doing you know that's really uber focused on the same topics or I'm not sure if that's something that happens I don't have any experience in any of this but I'm not sure if that happens but I could see that being super helpful I see that being helpful to myself when I'm around other uh, entrepreneurs that are in business for themselves talking about different things, it just helps. Not only is it supportive, not only does it make you not feel alone, but it also like adds, it, it helps you move forward quicker. It just like supports you and builds you up and stuff like that.
1: It really does. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of um, dissertation and PhD students realize just how many different types of support groups there are out there or community there are because there are communities for your field. um, So there will be organizations and um, specialty research groups and so forth that have to do with the topic that you're researching. So for me, for example, I was a children's lit expert and there was the Children's Literature Society of the United States. That is just all of those people gathered together to talk about that topic and its research. Mm -hmm. But then there's also you know, student groups or PhD groups. So they're not necessarily all on your topic. They can give you a different perspective a multidisciplinary sp- perspective, but they have that shared experience of doing the same kind of degree. And then I also think it's really valuable to have a support network that has nothing to do with your field, that has nothing to do with your topic or researching or higher education, because sometimes, like I said, those communities can be very competitive, very um, comparative. Whereas the people who are outside of that can take a step back and help you get that bigger picture of your life and your goals, and remind you to put things into perspective and to see things from a different viewpoint.
0: That makes so much sense. I'm glad you brought up that point because of the the, the competitive um, edge there. Like, it might not be very beneficial to work with people that are like, <laughs> you know, then you run into more of them comparing themselves to each other. Yeah, I think it's so- and take. You need a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So, um, how do you usually work with people? Do you like, can, can people work with you completely online? Um, yeah, that's the only way I work
1: with people. I don't actually do anything in person at all. I think that just adds an extra time burden. That's um,
0: true. Yeah. I have to agree with that. that. I have to agree with that. And how often do you meet with these people? Like how, how often do they usually talk to you?
1: So again, it's very variable. I have some students who will only check in, you know, for an hour in a month or mm-hmm. we'll do like an intensive week and then I won't hear from them again until the next semester. But really, I encourage students to check in with me every single week because it's really good for their motivation and for their um, focus. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go it alone for too long, then you tend to forget the gains you've made. Mm-hmm. Whereas having somebody else you know backing you up and questioning you and keeping you on track every single week that can be really good for getting you moving
0: yeah yeah i could see that um when it comes to the mindset piece um and you talked about the the comparing and stuff like that what other types of things do you see yourself working with them with the mindset
1: so we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome um mm-hmm. i think something that I really see students struggling with is that they feel like they're not good enough if they have to ask for help and they Mm -hmm. feel like they're not good enough that they don't get done within a certain time I think we live in a society that is very um like achievement oriented um, but not necessarily it's not about the journey it's about having the piece of paper at the end or it's about you know the the prize that you won Mm -hmm. and getting them to slow down and actually think about the journey itself. How are you getting there? Each step that you're taking is worth something. It's not just the end goal that we're working towards. Um, And that can really help them to see what their own worth is, because it's not all about what you're giving to somebody else or what you're producing or what you're putting out there. It's much more about what
0: you're taking in as you go. That's, yeah, I could see how that could, that could pop up quite often. Oh my goodness. So how can people connect with you and reach you and work with
1: you. Sure. So the best way, the very, very best way to get hold of me is to go to my website, which is www.readwriteperfect.com. Because on the website, you can book a free call with me uh, to chat about anything you need help with. And I'll kind of get you moving, give you some tips and advice on how to get some progress um, people can also find me on Twitter where I am at perfect underscore rights. Um,
0: that's probably, those are the best ways. Those are the best ways. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Uh, just one more question though, And I don't know if I'm kind of like beating this to death, but, um, is there, would, is there a suggestion that you would have for people when, for when people should reach out to you? Does, do they have. A better success rate if they reach out to you before they start having problems, or do you suggest that they reach out to you when they're just like, Oh my god, and they're throwing their hands up in the air kind of deal?
1: 100% beforehand. I would, you know, you always want to yeah. get in front of problems before they happen, before you don't want problems, you like, yeah. get support before you need support, really. Yeah, um, there, there's no difference in success rate, but what I would say the difference is, is in how easy it is for you. You know, if yeah. you start with somebody who can tell you right from the beginning, this is how to do this thing, then you won't need to do corrective work later. And it's a lot less hassle and it's a lot less stress and it takes a lot less time. So the earlier you reach out for help is always better. Okay.
0: That's wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Um, before we bring this to a close, I have one kind of like fun question for you. Sure. And, uh, I asked this to pretty much everybody that I interview and it has nothing to do with the topic. So, <laughs> If you could have anything in the world um without any limitations, anything, you know, uh, what would it be? Oh man, it could probably
1: be more time. There just isn't enough time in the day for everything. So I'm very um I I get very involved with my students' work. And so I'm one of those people who when an email comes in and a student needs something, I find it hard to just put it aside until my yes. next working space yes um even though i talk to my students all the time about protecting their free time i'm very bad <laughs> at doing that and i have about 700 different hobbies and two young children so there's never enough time in the day so yeah, um, I, I would want more time if i, could, do I
0: could i could see that i could see that you need but you need the not to do list i think and mm-hmm. you need yeah <laughs> oh, I, mean- I
1: have the list i just ignore it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you need to you need to practice uh yeah every coach needs a coach so Absolutely. you need to set boundaries and put more things on your not to-do list like I'm not doing that anymore but yeah I guess like if you had one genie wish and you could just be like okay well I could use some more time I always say time um, and your energy are your most valuable resources
1: Yes, and so interlinked. They are so interlinked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And this is very, I find this topic like really interesting. And it's, as I said, it's like such a very specific nation. I think it's something that is very important to these students. And it's, I hope that uh, we could get the word out and get you in touch with more people that, that could reach out to you and get the help and make life so much easier for themselves. So it was such a pleasure having you on.
1: It was lovely being here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.